Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. So I'm with George Young, head brewer from Fuller's. Welcome to, to the show. Well, thank you for coming to see us. It's been great. You've, uh, you've just been showing me around the brewery, which was, which was great. It's amazing to see how much stuff you've crammed into to such a small amount of space. And at the t- same time, you're, you're really proud of the history and, and, and heritage here. How, how important is, is that side of things to, to, to Fuller's as a brewery? Well, Fuller's have been brewing on this site for 172 years. So the way that we brew is the same as we were, you know, at the turn of the 19th century. So, you know, we've been um, uh, using mash tuns and copper whirlpools since since the early days. You know, and we've carried on brewing with that methodology, but we've kept the old uh, London copper and one of the old mash tuns there for people to view um, and see. And then you move into the new brew house, which obviously all stainless steel, and you can see that uh, you know the, the process is exactly the same. You know, with a, a, cork, a coarse grist being formed, uh, using the, the two mash tuns um, we use together uh, to party guile our beers. So the London Pride, Golden Pride, and ESB. Uh, so the strong worts coming off both mash tuns go into the, the first copper. You carry on sparging, and you collect the weak, weaker worts in the second copper. They're obviously boiled with different proportions of hops, but the same varieties. And then the worts are proportioned, the strong worts and the weak worts, at the start of fermentation. So that method of party guiling that Fuller's did uh, last century, we're, we're doing, we're carrying on mm-hmm. now. So. And you were saying that you're pretty much brewing more or less all of the time in there. Oh, we give people Saturday and Sundays yeah. off. So uh, we work two shifts, 4.30 in the morning till about 8.30 in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can do eight uh, fermentation vessels a day, so that so, or four uh, double brews a day. So that's uh, uh, we can make about a quarter of a million pints a day if we need to. Okay. And a lot of that goes out to the estate of pubs that, that, that Fuller's own? And, yep. and then obviously you've got... There's there's bottles and cans going out. There's obviously export. One in four pints actually is exported abroad, Um, and you know a whole host of uh, independent uh, the free trade that we supply as well. So Mm. everything is brewed here on this four and a half acre site in West London. One one in four pints is going abroad. Yeah, that's that's quite a percentage of of your and, and is that. Is that just London Pride or is that it's ESB, other, yeah. ESB well? and Porter are very popular. I mean, we started exporting back in the 70s. So, you know, we're sort of ahead of the game with, an, you know, other uh, regional brewers. So, uh, you know, we've got good established mm-hmm. business out there. Uh, ESB, obviously, were very famous for that style of beer, uh, extra special bitter, you know, so that will go to America. Uh, Sweden and the Scandinavian companies are, uh, countries are a huge market for yeah. us as well. So, so I'm right in saying it was Fuller's that actually created ESB as a style, wasn't it? You were yeah. the first brewery to, to right. actually produce mm-hmm. that and that's one of the beers that you're most well known for. Yes. Uh, so apart from the obvious London Pride. Yeah. I mean, I know when, when I go into a bar and I see ESB on, I get quite excited mm-hmm. because it's like, that's, that's an absolute pleasure to, yeah. to, to yeah. drink that one. Yeah, it's a wonderful beer. I think it really shows the characteristics of our yeast, the orange marmalade flavours mm-hmm. coming out. And because of the way that we mature our cask beer here, 
uh, at the brewery. So in tanks, your ESB will be kept for an additional week maturing with its secondary fermentation to give it that extra condition. So it should be really super when it's uh, served uh, yeah. in the pubs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so we're going to have uh, a bit of a chat about you uh, as well and your brewing history and we'll dip in and out of the brewery, but we're going to be drinking some beers yes. at the same time, which yes, I'm let's. always happy about that. So what have, what have we got first? Well, it's a very hot day, so I thought we'd start off with some refreshing Oliver's Island, 3.8% okay. uh, cask beer, uh, brewed with some orange peel in the copper, and I think that really comes through on the nose. Are you getting the orange? Just hints of it, yeah. Hints of orange coming through. The reason we used orange was to um, complement uh, the fuller's yeast that gives mm -hmm. orange as well. We've also got uh, some Liberty uh, hop in here and some, some Goldings and a bit of Halatau as well. It's a light golden ale with using some carrot, some carrot gold and pale ale malt. You know, it's a very clean, very crisp palette there. Uh, sort of resinous bitter orange coming through um, and a dry sort of finish but a very refreshing beer on this very hot day don't it's, you think uh, <laughs> it is yeah and it's um it gives a lovely soft finish to, to it there's 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 a little bit of bitterness in there but it's i guess for something at 3.8 percent you don't you don't want the bitterness to shine through so yeah it's uh it's lovely it's, it's really nice mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, very Moorish. Now, very is, this, Moorish. is this one of your, um, this is part of the core range? Or this is, is yeah, this is a, a permanent golden uh, ale that we have on uh, all year round. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it just gives more choice uh, to the portfolio of, of beers that we produce. So. Okay, so while we're enjoying this, um, a little bit about you. What's uh, What was your journey into mm -hmm. to, to becoming head brewer for one of the, uh, uh, the nation's biggest breweries. <laughs> well, I suppose it goes back to my love of beer, which started when I was at university. Actually here, uh, just down the road in West London, I was at King's College London, and we were based just off High Street Kensington. So I was uh, drinking in the Dove and, uh, you know, the Windsor Castle and the Churchill Arms and places like that, and obviously developed a love of beer. I was studying biotechnology which wasn't really floating my boat, uh, but obviously then realised that actually biotechnology could take me into brewing mm -hmm. and, I, and I loved beer. So I then went up to Harriet Watt uh, and did uh, a master's in brewing and distilling up there, uh, which was great fun and uh, learned a lot, didn't learn how to brew. Uh, so when I finished up in Edinburgh, um, came back to my hometown of Bristol and uh, worked at my local brewing company called Smiles. Started off doing some lab work. Smiles was a, was a great little brewing company uh, based in Colston Yard. Um, they actually had some fantastic pubs. Uh, so were unfortunately swallowed up a few years after I left by Young's. Um, and the guys, the brewing guys, then went on to set up Bath Ales, which I think, as we all know, is a, has been a huge success. Yeah. But yeah, I used to dig out mash tuns and clean hot backs and do all sorts of things at Smiles. So, so after about a year of that, because um, it was really tough, it was you know physically very demanding. So um, I think I was either going to leave the the industry altogether, mm -hmm. but I managed to get myself a job at Camden BRI 
Now, they're a research organisation based outside um, Red Hill in Surrey, and I ran the pilot brewery down there for six years, making a whole array of different beers. Uh, a lot of it was obviously scientific research, new barley variety, new hop variety trials, uh, and a lot of private work for our members. Uh, a lot of new product development down there as well. So, uh, but the time then came for me to sort of look around and, and get a, uh, a, you know, a proper brewing job. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the call uh, or, you know, an opportunity arose here at Fuller's when Reg Jury was retiring and John was moving up to become uh, a brewing director. So they were looking for a young brewer. So I remember my first interview very clearly, there was a queue of young brewers who had to make ourselves known to the brewing manager at the time uh, at a brewing dinner. So I, I waited my turn, you know, half cut like the rest of us <laughs> to talk to this gentleman um, and, and obviously managed to wangle myself a second interview and then I think a third interview uh, uh, before I was actually offered the position. And I joined Fuller's in April 1999, um, just as Reg was retiring and John was moving yeah. on. So. And clearly you've been here ever since. Uh, on and off, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're right. I was uh, very lucky to have got my job here. Uh, worked on shift in all sorts of different departments, um, mainly brewing, but obviously um, uh, also, you know, had experience of the, the packaging lines and then had to run the packaging lines. And I say had to. This is all part of, you know, one's development as a, mm -hmm. as a young brewer. You, you learn everything from the start of the process, the raw, choosing raw materials to obviously uh, packaging the beer. So I did that for a while. Um, and then, then I had a child, which was lovely for me. Um, and uh, actually came back very quickly after uh, the first child and then became brewing manager and put in the tank farm development and oh did all sorts of things you know it was a wonderful uh, a wonderful time mm -hmm. after my second uh, daughter in uh, the mid 2000 end, end of 2006 um, actually then w it was going to be a bit hard to sort of juggle motherhood and brewinghood so um, actually um, I ran off to be a school teacher for four years and taught physics chemistry and biology in a local oh, comprehensive wow. that was a challenge let's not go there don't want to talk about that okay. uh, got the t-shirt um, so if, uh, if there's anyone listening that's thinking of going to teaching or I used to teach yeah, 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 you're alright yeah. I'm, I'm out of the classroom uh, I'm back at the brewery and I've been back since uh, 2013 and I, I, I love my job you know yeah making beer is what I've always wanted to do and um, you know lucky enough to, to be able to still do that so, yeah and, and obviously you recently promoted to, to, to head brewer mm -hmm. which from from what I understand because a few years back we did a we did a show with John mm -hmm. and, and John was explaining the process of how one becomes the head brewer and it's, yeah. it's kind of almost like a succession thing isn't it yeah. the, the mm -hmm. previous head brewer kind of knows who they want and then they kind of mold that person to, to the position mm. Mm. did you know in advance that, that you were going to be oh. named as, as head brewer uh, or did it come as a surprise to you well to be honest I've kind of thought I'd blown my chances when I went off to be a school well, obviously I had when I went to be a school teacher so I was you know lucky to come back but I don't think I really you know I was always expected to work for it and I like to think that I have worked for it you know so it wasn't never a gift you know given given yeah. given um, uh, but I think it, it's about getting that experience, you know, and I think 
I'm lucky to have done that at Fuller's, you know, shift work, run the packaging lines, and I think um, just that makes an all-round brewer mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, build on those that knowledge and that experience. Because what happens in brewing is it's when things don't quite rot, go right. That's when you come into your own about having to problem solve and put things uh, right. And also, obviously, making new beers. You know, they're so much going on in the beer world now which is great you know and you have to look at how could i do that in my brewery and ask those questions and push the boundaries uh you know and i think uh, there's also a fuller's person as well uh who's obviously uh, understands and appreciates the family and um you know is dedicated and sort of gets that side of the business as well yeah, so. yeah. so in terms of just picking up on something you mentioned there about new beers and kind of keeping up with modern trends does does that fall upon your shoulders to constantly be the one that's innovating and saying we need to try this we need to try that or is it something that's kind of designed by committee or how, how does it how does product development happen at Fuller's? Uh, in the past we have had a bit of committee which I think John and I have never been particularly happy about and that might be perhaps one of the reasons that you know i you know, one of the factors why perhaps I didn't come back after my second child, you know, but I think, you know, we have a strong team of brewers now, young brewers who are developing and to bring them on, for me, it's about, you know, getting everyone to develop new beers. You know, we've done eight new beers this year. I, I can't take credit for, for all of them, you know, but we've worked as a team to produce them, but the ideas of those recipes have come from the other brewers as well. And I think if you don't give brewers that opportunity, especially in a place like Fuller's, then, well, you know, everyone wants to create new beers. That's the sort of the glamorous part of the job. The unglamorous part is, you know, scrubbing the, you know, the taps and the tanks and the handles and things, you know, so, you know, that's uh, important for everyone to be involved in that. Okay, so we've, um, we've had to move location, which is probably why people can uh, hear a slight change in, in the atmosphere and the sound, um, because we were recording in the pub with two names that, that's kind of on the on the Fuller's site here, but it was uh, beginning to get a little bit busy with all the people coming in for brewery <laughs> tours. So we've, we've relocated to the Hock Cellar, which is a fantastic room. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this room before we, we, we carry on? Yeah, of course. This is actually where we used to keep the old barrels of Hock um, before uh, it would go out and they were stored down here and the barrels would be turned before they were loaded on the drays and off they went for deliveries. So it's nice and cool down here. We've obviously now, we can still get beer down here now because obviously it's part of our visitor tour uh, that we have and obviously there's lots of uh, memorabilia around and it you know, tells us the history of the Fullers, the Smiths and the Turners and, and showcases all the, the wonderful beers that we produce. So it's a great space. And this is where the brewery tours start in, in here. Do they also finish in here as well? Yeah, so they, you, if you come on a tour, you actually meet, you, that you've booked, you meet at the pub, uh, and then you come here and you pick up your high-vis jacket, uh, and before you go off around the brewery, and then you finish in here with a few samples. Okay, 
So, and what we'll do is we'll put some details in the show notes about where people can go to book the tours as well. Thank so you. They, they can come along and they can experience it for themselves. Because I've been quite lucky today. As I said earlier, mm-hmm. I've got kind of a personal tour. You've showed me around maybe some of the places where the public don't get to yeah. see, yeah. Uh, which I'm really grateful for. But it's, it's great mm-hmm. to, to have been able to done that. Now, changing location, we've also yep. got a new beer to, to try yep. as well. Yep. So uh, what are we sampling now? I think this is Seafarers that we've got here. And uh, Seafarers is a very popular... Um, Uh, beer Uh, it's uh, one of our Gales beers now we bought Gales Brewery in 2005 Gales is based down in Horndean and um, oh you know we 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 weren't very popular for for a short while but actually once we started producing the beers here at Chiswick um, with some of the Gales brewers I'll just point out that um, Anthony came and, and he works up here and he still works for us here at, uh, at Chiswick, um, you know, and we make HSB and we've developed seafarers who so are using the Gales yeast that we've carefully looked after all that time. And seafarers is a really lovely, light, refreshing, quite hoppy beer with goldings and fuggles in it. Um, obviously a very different flavour that you get from the yeast because the yeast strain is, is different. So if we just let's have a taste of it. So it's quite bitter, you know, it's it's a really oh, it's refreshing, yeah. you know, um, sort of a bitter, it's 3.4%, no, 3.6%, um, but quite drying and resinous, you know, real English hops there, sort of piney and herby, um, cast beer, so naturally conditioned, um, and again, it's actually our second biggest selling beer that we do. Really? Mm-hmm. And this is just, um, just as we recall, just yesterday, celebrated quite a significant milestone. Well, That's right. The um, the Seafarers charity is 100 years old on July the 5th. So, uh, um, and every pint, 5p, is donated to the Seafarers charity. Brilliant. Okay, so, so while we're talking beers, um, we've had some questions from some of our listeners um, uh, uh, about various things and one of the questions we've had is from bushcraft beer at bushcraft beer who was asking about um the the new seasonal range that that you announced at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year and and he'd like to know what's the feedback been like on on that and are they selling well well we've always done seasonals seasonal beers but this year marketing um have really gone to town with the you know new uh, fonts and labeling and um and i think it's just brought the whole program alive and i and i'm not often that complimentary about marketing at all uh because obviously it's it's what's in the glass that's far more important um but i think we've also made some really interesting beers this year so the first beer that was new to come out was southern star it's a very simple recipe uh pale ale malt and we're just trying to demonstrate um the hop and we're using galaxy and ella hops from uh, australia here to uh, really bring a sort of passion fruit uh, melon guava sort of flavors to the beer and i think it, you know it was just quite different from the spring sprinter uh, and the other you know core beers that we have on the bar at the time and it sold really really well um, and that was on for uh, nearly uh, two and a half months actually mm-hmm. but also with the seasonal ale program we've launched some cakes and I think this is the first time Fuller's have done a keg uh, seasonal program. We do obviously make keg beers. Uh, so we, we launched with the Black IPA. And uh, Henry Kirk, one of our brewers, he developed this. And he, you know, using traditional carafa malt, so it's basically de-hussed. 
um, some obviously brown and some chocolate in there. Uh, typical IPA uh, in style and again that has been really really popular and I think we have to give these beers a, a second chance in um, you know bring that back next year for people to have more of an opportunity to drink it because I think there's also people sort of for some reason people seem to be a little bit skeptical that fullers can fullers really make beers like this well of course we can you know we've got great beers and we've been given a bit of a free reign to do things so uh so I think you'll see more black IPA next year. We've then moved on in the keg range to an unfiltered lager. And um, that is 5%, which is what a traditional lager should be. Again, we, we've kept these beers quite simple to just showcase processes and technology we've got there. So we're using a German Huel Melon Hop, which gives it a very subtle fruitiness, uh, a very low bitterness, or a traditional lager of, sort of 15 uh, bitterness units, um, very pale in colour. But to maintain flavour, we haven't filtered that beer mm -hmm. at all. Uh, and again, I think it surprised a lot of people, you know. We're very well known for Frontier, which is, a, a, you know, a, a lager with taste. But this is a traditional, you know, lager with, with, with you know, that very subtle uh, lager taste coming through. And again, that's proving very, very popular in this heat. Uh, Sticky Wicket and Beachcomber are both beers that we've done before, uh, but we haven't seen on the seasonal program for a while. So it's great to see those kind of beers uh, back. And again, they're doing well the way we work here at fuller's is we sort of ask our sales teams for a forecast and then we know how much uh, of the unusual hop varieties to get in you know and um and then if it sells over that we're sort of left in a little bit of a stucco uh, trying to get hold of these hop varieties um but uh, we have managed to produce extra sticky wicket mm. and uh, beach coma this year because obviously they're all going down incredibly well yeah. So the next beers on the seasonal range, but we haven't made yet. So, so, you can talk about <laughs> so, so uh, we sort of, which often happens with brewers, you know, we have to develop the marketing, we have to do tasting notes. And although we might be developing a damson porter, we know what we're going to be using. So obviously damsons um, and, you know, brown and chocolate malts, but how that combination goes, you know, so it might be that we, we need to sweeten the damsons. We're not sure yet until we've actually brewed it because you've just been around the brewery, our smallest batch size is 160 barrels at okay. the moment. So, 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 so there's no none of that pilot kit stuff not here where yet. your brewers can play around? Not with. yet, but next uh, next Easter, I'm hoping to be able to start playing around with a sort of a, a lovely state-of-the-art pilot brewery, designing that at the moment. Okay. So, so that's going to be really, really exciting. And obviously that will be here at Chiswick for us to play with. Really? There's, there's more space here well, that you haven't well, that's yet uncovered? Well, that's, uh, we have to move things. So these these kind of projects are never, never easy. Yeah. Anyway, let's go I, back I, to the... I, I, I yeah. bet your architects love you when you come yeah, knocking on yeah. doors and we'd just like to put this in. <laughs> yes, or we have to, you have to move departments and people. So I'm not very popular at the moment, but... Uh, Pilot, I know where the Pilot Brewery is going. Yeah. So, uh, American Fall uh, will be the same grist as uh, Southern Star, um, but we will just change the the uh, the hop varieties. American Fall, as its name implies, will be using American hops rather than the Galaxy and Ella that we did in the Southern Star. Uh, 
Um, so, uh, and then Hollybush, that will be a new beer. So will the Espresso Stout and so will the Table Beer. We have done some trials of the Table Beer, which will be a 2% ale. It's mm. very hard making low alcohol beers because you lose that whole middle range of um, flavour notes by adjusting your fermentation. Yeah. But um, we'll give it a go. Both of those last two are going to be keg beers. Isn't They'll it? both be keg beers, Table Beer and Espresso Stout. Mm. Okay, so that's quite a range mm. that, that you're mm. going for this year alongside yeah. the, the, the core range. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions that we, we, we had was from the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady, uh, and she was asking that coming in as a head brewer at such a well established mm -hmm. family run mm -hmm. brewery um, that's got a real solid core range and, and like a staunch following, mm -hmm. do you feel bound by tradition when you're developing new recipes or? Do you have the room that you want to play and experiment? I think uh, that's an interesting question. It, obviously, I haven't come in as head brewer. And it goes back to our earlier question. You're yeah. very much, John, you know, is, is my mentor. And he's, you know, I've learned the Fuller's way, because obviously there is a Fuller's way of making mm -hmm. beer. Um, but yes, there is a lot more scope now you know to do things we are a family brewery and the family is very very important to us but we're not making beers now just for the family there is a whole world out there who wants different and interesting beers um, you know and I'm hoping we can look at different yeast strains and you know we've actually even done a, a Goza beer this year as well so I think again we're just being allowed to experiment more so it's a really exciting time for me to be head brewer yeah. um, and for my team of brewers you know because we can we can be more experimental especially when we get our pilot brewery yeah, absolutely so, so still on that theme of the beers tim hickford at t underscore hickford said have you thought of doing more with a past master series uh seems like a great concept that's a little bit underplayed um and are there any plans to do limited cask releases of those beers well the thing is if you go back in the old brewing books and we did show you one as we were going round, actually the beers were very samey it was x xxb Burton Extra, Burton Old, uh, and you know, there isn't the variety in the brewing books back then as there are now. Mm -hmm. So um, we do do some cask beers when we do the Brewers Reserve, uh, sorry, uh, when we do the Past Masters range, uh, and they will go to special events, the odd beer festival that we'll support with those, but they're all made by hand. So it's only a small, you know, we probably only make 20 or 30 um, casks mm -hmm. because, you know, again, the pint measure isn't necessarily the right way to be drinking those beers you know it's nice yeah. to share a bottle um and you know some past masters have been really popular and, and people would like us to, to do those ones again so so we've got our thinking caps on again about what the next past master mm -hmm. should be but you know it's uh, at the moment we're sort of looking forward more than looking backwards yeah. And what about the, the, the Brewer's Reserve? Is that something that we're going to see? Is that coming back again in the future? I think um, it's very hard with Brewer's Reserve, with customs and things like that. And we've always, um, you know, we don't want to go and buy new barrels. We'd like there to be a story there. So uh, we will look at Brewer's Reserve again uh, in a few years. Well, obviously, it takes a few years to actually mm -hmm. mature the beer. So, yeah. yeah. So looking at the, uh, like I say, it's, it's a extensive range of beers you've got mm. both core seasonal all the specials that come out in, in, in among that if if you um and this is a question from the bearded one at, at the bearded one uh if you could create another beer for the fuller's core range what would you like that to be um the core range 
I think really if you were developing something to come on f all the time, I think you'd really need to know that there was a market out there for it. Um, you know, at the moment we do tend to make the seasonal beers because we want, those are the types of beers we want to make. Um, so that's a really, really tough question. And if I knew the answer, I'd probably be a millionaire, but I'm not. Um, so I think the thing that we've just added to the core range is London Pride Unfiltered. Uh, and maybe we should try some of that now with our London Pride, just to see how we're trying to react to, you know, what's going on in the, yeah. the beer world at the moment. Yeah. And, and that's great. Uh, it's sort of like, almost like you read my notes because I've got some questions about the, oh. the, the London Pride mm. Unfiltered as well. So um, first one, and, and they're both very similar in terms of what people were asking here. So mm -hmm. Jamie Day at Not Just The Beer JD, um, unfiltered London Pride felt like a failed try-hard attempt to get into the craft beer market. Um, what's the next move for you in terms of that market? Is that a market for you or are you guys just going to keep doing what you do? I think, um, you know, we've been making craft beers for 172 years. So, I mean, what is the craft beer market? Um, perhaps launching a craft beer rising wasn't well that wasn't my idea um but you know we have london pride which is our iconic 4.1 percent um uh, premium ale that is a really well balanced beer so when we put london pride in bottle or can we produce it at 4.7 percent because to put beer in bottles and cans you have to process it and that processing mainly filtration whether that's pasteurization or sterile filtration that we don't now do um, removes flavor so we've always wanted to keep the quality of the beer and the taste so to do that we've compensated by putting more materials in at the beginning more hops more malt more yeast so that you're getting um, a fullered flavored version of london pride so actually there isn't a keg or um, we did some promotional cans uh, of London Pride at 4.1%. So uh, going back to the question, are we trying to get into the craft market? We are the craft market, you know? You know so. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's a discussion for another yeah, podcast absolutely. in terms of what that actually yeah. means. Um, the, the other question again, and it was, it was a, along a similar line. So again, this was from the Owl Lady. Uh, interested to know what the thinking was behind the unfiltered pride mm -hmm. instead of just releasing a brand new unfiltered beer. Because what, what she was saying that was that it's a different version of many people's go-to mm -hmm, beer. Mm -hmm. you, you know, London Pride is your iconic brand, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's the one mm -hmm. that when tourists are in mm -hmm. town, they want to drink that yeah. beer. Mm -hmm. And then you produce a new version mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Was there ever any thought that you might damage the, the, the core brand? I don't think so. I think the, the marketing department, obviously, you know, well, I'm, I'm, you know, brewers spend a lot of time out in the market is that you know people want fizzier they want colder beers as I explained you know London Pride that we do in bottling cans is a very different beer uh, so actually this was the first time to do something with London Pride all the uh, answers to the research are very much about actually we think you should do things with London Pride so again it's about having th the permission mm -hmm. to do this um, so that's why we've done it with with London Pride rather than launching something yeah. something new. And it's we're seeing basically incremental rise in the London Pride, not 
a, a decrease because obviously people are coming in, they're trying the unfiltered and also trying the London Pride, yeah. um, you know, and I think that's great for us. You know, it would have been a lot harder to try and do completely new beer and try and explain what it was. And because we know that London Pride is, is one of our best beers, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's our biggest selling beer. It's an iconic beer. We've been making it since the 60s and it's such a great tasting, well-balanced beer that actually it's hard to improve it or change it. And this is really just a different processing format of it. And like I say, you know, the thing with beer is you don't want to process beer. So this is about giving slightly colder and fizzier beer um, for people to enjoy um, without actually having to change or tinker or tamper with the great London pride itself. Okay. So we've got one of each in front yeah. of us now, so we're going to do a bit of a side-by-side yeah. side work mm -hmm. with these. Where, where, where do we start? Do we start with the original? Let's start with the original, the 4.1%. Uh, and, you know, it's a beautiful amber colour. It's got a sweet, malty uh, nose to it. Again, its palette is so well-balanced. It's um, got some toffee, it's got some caramel, a bit of raisin there. Very subtle, sort of a herby, piney, hot note. Um, Target is one of our favourite hops here because of actually although it provides bitterness it has a great aroma to it um, but you've also got North Down, Challenger and Goldings in London Pride as well then it's conditioned uh, in the brewery before it goes into cask um, to create this, um, this great beer and I don't think you really realise how good London Pride is until you're halfway through your third pint and about to order your fourth as John always says oh, I was going to say when when we did the show yeah, with him yeah. that, that was six. Oh, was it yeah. six yeah, yeah it could be mind you we're doing quite well today yeah. uh, and then the London Pride unfiltered so similar in colour just a slight haze to it and that's because all we're doing really is taking out uh, some, some of the yeast, you saw the centrifuge as we yeah. went round, really big uh, piece of kit. So that's just taking the yeast and some of the larger haze forming compounds out. Um, uh, what we have done to compensate for the coldness, because obviously that will dull your palate, is we've just added some extra target hops to this beer. Mm -hmm. So it's exactly the same way that it's brewed, that it's fermented. Then it has a small amount of target hops uh, added to it. And then after the centrifuge, um, it has a little bit more CO2 added before it goes into the kegs. So, so I, I was quite surprised uh, when we were walking around mm -hmm. that I, I never realised there was a difference in ABV between cask, yeah. London Pride mm -hmm. and the bottle version. Mm -hmm. I, I was quite surprised by yeah. that. Um, tasting the two side by side, you can, you can get mm -hmm. the base beer that, yeah. that, that's in there. Um, and I, I, I think this is the only way to really appreciate mm -hmm. the, the unfiltered version yeah. because I, I, I came to, to, to the launch that's where mm -hmm. we first met and spoke mm -hmm. about do, doing this mm -hmm. and I, I think I think maybe you, you maybe missed the trick at the launch not having London Pride on as well yeah, to, have, to have done them yeah. side by side yeah. mm -hmm. because I think it, it really there's your original but here's how we've, we've played with it yeah. for the modern market yeah. to, to try and bring yeah, new drinkers that's in. a really good point because it's um, and I think it's getting that message out that actually London Pride in bottle um, and uh, in keg for export is a, a different ABV. And the reason we've always done that, the same with ESB, is because that processing that you do with filtration 
and sterile filtration for, for kegging remove, and bottling removes uh, a lot of flavour. Mm -hmm. So whereas this is again about being as natural as you can with, with the beer. Yeah, and, and like I say, if, uh, and I'd say this to any of our listeners is don't knock it until you've tried it side by side with the original yeah. because I think that's what really allows it to, to shine. And are we at a stage now where we're seeing, because I know obviously when it was, it was launched to a big sort of fanfare, mm -hmm. but it's taken a while to start working its way into yeah. to the Fuller's pubs. Are we at a point now where we're seeing it in pretty much every pub or no, is it still it's, just... It's not in every pub. You know, we are, we will seed things slowly. We want things to work and to be a success. We want to train staff so that if you go into a pub and you ask for a pint, you know they can explain what it is, what the brewers have done to make it different. Um, so it's a slow rollout. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, early indications are that the beer is selling well and it's being, you know, received really well brilliant that's good news because it's what mm. almost four four months since uh, february now. wasn't yeah, it yeah. so yeah mm. so that's that's quite yeah. quick that people are picking it up yeah. and, and yeah. trying it um one more question about the, the beers itself and and martin will kill me if i don't ask this question because he's been banging on at me about yeah. it um chiswick bitter mm -hmm. um martin's favorite beer it's one mm -hmm. of his favorite beers he absolutely loves it on on cask and he's devastated to have seen it disappear uh what's the What's, where's it gone and, and are we going to see it coming back? Well, Chiswick Bitter is brewed as part of the party guile that I think I mentioned right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it is part of the family of Golden Pride, ESB, London Pride. And Chiswick Bitter, again, we, you know, we're making Chiswick Bitter, but it wasn't selling as well as it, as it should do uh, with all the other choice and all the other beers that we're making. And if you're not selling and you're not turning over beer in pubs, it's it, you know the beer isn't doing its any self any favors so it wasn't tasting as good as it should have done um and so i think we made it, it was a really tough decision to say actually we need to not make this beer anymore um you know and give some space for some other beers you know we've just discussed the eight new beers that we're doing this mm -hmm. year the good news is that we will do it occasionally for special occasions and special brews so you will be seeing this beer um, at gbbf this year uh, and in a few other local uh, beer festivals. I'm, I'm sure Martin will be very happy to, to, <laughs> to hear that. It will enable him to track it down. Um, so just a couple more uh, questions from, from our listeners. So Paul at UNRCD, um, what of the newer generation of breweries do you respect the most and, and are there things going on in the industry that you'd like to bring to Fuller's and try here? Oh, gosh, there's so much going on and I respect lots and lots of them I think you know um, and I like to think we're good friends with them as well I think you know um, Lost and Grounded, Wiper and True, more if I think about our friends in Bristol, up in Manchester you've got Cloudwater and Marble and you know a huge respect and time um, uh, you know for, for those guys Thornbridge uh, in London oh there's so, there's so many I think Four Pure you know it's great to see people doing different things um, and it's wonderful that we have so many friends out there who also respect what we're doing uh, they know we're not trying to copy them or try and do dad dancing or you know we will always be true to our roots and our, our heritage and, and our quality um, but yeah there, there's lots going out on out there and I think it's given us permission to do slightly different beers and I think once we've got our pilot brewery there might be no stopping us with the change you know and actually 
just moving faster, you know, with, with bringing new beers out. What, what about things like collaborations? Are you, is that sort of thing that you guys are into? Because that's, that's obviously a very, everybody's collaborating in, in the beer, yeah, beer yeah, we are days. doing we are doing some collaborations. Um, but, you know, we've also got a great partnership with Sierra Nevada. I've been lucky enough to actually go up there and brew um, a 1963 uh, London Pride recipe um, wow. that we had on in their tap room. And we had some back there. And John's done a collaboration recently, um, a vintage ale. Um, yeah, our young brewers are out doing collaborations with other brewers. And, um, you know, we've got a, we've, we've got a um, collaboration project ongoing at the moment. So perhaps come back in three months time and I can tell you all about it and perhaps we could have the other brewers here as well okay that, that would be great I should uh, I'll take you up on that invite okay um, so, so just literally two more questions uh, firstly um, what's the beer that you're most proud of oh I proud of people asking what my favorite they're like all oh, my children but I think well, um, well, I've stopped asking people what yeah, their favorite is because they yeah. never ask it no, so you always try and find a different way of asking the same question okay I mean I joined Pier uh, Fuller's in 1999 in 2002 uh, we were looking at doing a golden ale and I did a lot of research and lots of testing and um, the um, one of the beers I'm probably proudest of is Discovery and that's mainly because everyone was beginning to use American hops and people were using Cascade, sort of quite a grapefruity citrus flavor. And um, I said, no, no, let's do something different. And actually we did some trials with a hop variety called Liberty. And um, we launched Discovery, which everyone, you know, always goes on about Discovery. But actually Discovery was our almost our launch pad for beers like Frontier, for Oliver's Island. You know, it's given us the, um, confidence to look at American hop varieties and uh, take them forward in our brewing so so that's always that's always a beer that I've been quite proud of um, okay so. um so last one uh what's next for Fuller's obviously apart from finding more space on this very small <laughs> st- site to continue to expand mm-hmm. Uh, what, what can we expect to see from you guys in the next 12, 18 months, apart from the, the great range of beers that you're going to be bringing out? Any real specials that, that, that we can expect to see? Uh, I think we'd probably like to have a look at um, IPAs again. You know, uh, obviously we have Bengal Lancer, which is very popular. Just incredible when you find that on good condition. On <laughs> yeah, task. absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, like we might look at that. I think I just need... Uh, that pilot brewery so that we can really do some interesting things I think you know we've demonstrated eight new beers this year without a pilot brewery Um, some of those you'll see again next year there will be some new beers in next year's seasonal portfolio as well Um, but I think once we've we've got that pilot brewery I think that the world will be our oyster really we can start um, making all sorts of different beers then lots to look forward to lots to look forward to and I think uh, and another thing you know perhaps going back to that what beer am I most proud of I'm also proud of my team of brewers um, and nurturing them and you know hoping you know look at the beers that they produce because you know they're doing some really interesting beers and you were saying there's 16 or or something there's 16 16 in the brewing team and um, we've got six uh, trained um, sort of qualified brewers who you know shift brewers as well so you know who are uh, quite crea- creative, but obviously, you know, we'll accept ideas from anyone, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether they're in the brewing team or not. We've moved again 
um, because we, st- we, we still keep getting moved around by the public tours, um, which, which is fine because obviously that's, that, that's part of your business. It is, yeah. Um, and we're now in uh, a rather exclusive li- little area that generally the public don't get to see. So do you want to tell us where we are? Then? Yeah, we're now sitting in the cage. Now, this was literally a cage. It was locked up because... Up until 19, um, I think it was 92, actually, customs was actually, and duty was paid at the point of declaration uh, of your brew house when you got your wort at the start of fermentation. So anything downstream of that, you paid duty on. So anything in the cage was locked uh, here so that customs could come in and they could measure and they could monitor your alcohol levels. So, um, So we still call it the cage. Um, and this is now where we actually conducted our shelf life tasting. So all the beers around us that you can see is we are keeping um, here so that we can see how they will age, which is obviously really important when supermarkets are demanding longer and longer shelf lives on beers. Uh, you know, and um, we want the beers to be really good for people when they actually take them home and drink them. Um, we have just invested in a new filter. So our bottled beers will be tasting better for longer because of our new filter that we've put in. Um, But also we are very famous for bottled conditioned beers Mm -hmm. where actually we filter the beer and we actually add fresh yeast back in. So I've just chosen uh, an IPA. This is actually 18 months old, uh, this sample. Um, So just really just for us to see how it's it's aged. And and that... I mean that what you've just said there in, in ourselves. I imagine right now there's there's probably a, a handful of our listeners cringing over what you've said there over, mm. over the the concept of an aged mm. IPA mm. Um, because obviously we're in a world at the moment in beer where everybody's encouraging you to drink as fresh as possible, especially yeah. when it comes to an IPA. Mm. However, you look at the style historically, mm. and it was designed to be aged for a long journey mm-hmm. so that it tasted at its absolute premium. Yeah. So this this is a this is a bottled IPA? It's bottled. It's also bottled conditioned. So um, the IPA that we've been making here at Fuller's uh, for many years is a traditional English IPA that obviously would have gone um, you know, on ships for a long time. So it's got uh, more hops in there, Fuggles and Golding, slightly higher alcohol at 5.3% than our... Um, you know our premium ales and, and obviously we've got the yeast in there to try and protect it uh, for longer so we've got a you know lovely head on that beer and some lacing it's got a lovely nose on it's it it's got a gorgeous it's... nose very floral but orangey yeah i'm getting i'm getting big like big citrus hits mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know I, I mentioned that about the whole drink fresh thing but if you if you didn't know and mm-hmm. somebody put that in a glass for you you, you think the aroma on that yeah. was was, mm-hmm. was from a, a fresh IPA. Yeah. And then when you taste it again, you're getting the orange character from the Fuller's yeast. Quite earthy, sort of dryness coming from the the Fuggles hops. You've got the orange, the spiciness coming from the Goldings, and you've got that lovely balanced malt biscuit note coming through mm. as well. It's the thing that gets me is the dryness mm. that, that that comes yeah. through straight away. It's yeah. there, and it's like. Mm. It sucks you back in for more, actually. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're absolutely right, and we advocate as as well that beer should be drunk as fresh as possible. Um, But, you know, we're quite conscious, like you say, this style was 
not designed to be drunk fresh. It was, you know, designed to withstand, you know, a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the other beers that, that we do, you know, like uh, Wild River, which is a, which is a North Atlantic uh, IPA, you know, it has definitely looked big citrus American hop in there, you know, 55 bitterness units. And I think, you know, you do want to be drinking Wild River not as fresh as you can. Um, but I think the bottle conditioned beers that Fuller's quite famous for, you know, obviously our range of vintage ales that we've been doing since 1997, only just get the better with time i think you know you you drink that beer after 10 years and you are having such a different experience than if you were drinking it as we are now at 18 months old yeah. you know so this is this is a bottled version or, or a, a bottle of ipa mm-hmm. bengal lancer is our cask ipa uh, and i think it was the story goes it was named after a curry house uh, really? <laughs> yeah yeah, but it fits obviously very, very nicely with um, the story of IPAs, uh, and a bit, and it's the same recipe as obviously the bottle, just slightly lower ABV at five percent. Okay, and and that's obviously available. That's a seasonal, it's isn't a it? Seasonal. So on cars. Yeah, yeah. January, February time it, is it? For I that? don't think it's this year though, because obviously again, it's about having space for all these new yeah. beers. But it's up our sleeve, you know, and it's always um, going to be it, there, It'll be around and about, yeah. and, and it's always so. going to appear. So, so in terms of, uh, as I say, we, we, we're sat in a room where behind me on the shelves there are many, many bottles mm-hmm. going going back, and and this is just literally for for you to be able to come back and to, to quality control what, what your beers taste like after some shelf life. Absolutely. So 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, there will be a gaggle of brewers in here, and we will be tasting beers that are six months and 12 months old um, and confirming that they are standing up to that um, to that treatment out in the supermarkets. Uh, and uh, obviously, as we've just put in new filtration, it's really great to see how these tastings are getting much better. It never used to be a particularly pleasant time of the week to drink year old, uh, <laughs> to drink year old beer if it wasn't bottle conditioned. Not bad, but it's definitely much much better. Okay. But if you have beer at home under the stairs, I probably would, um, you know, not drink it if it's out of date. Apart from it's not going to do anything nasty. Apart from it's the just not. Gel, which apart from this, it's if it's bottle conditioned, it's very very different. Yeah. But if it's, yeah. Uh, so, so, so Tuesdays for you is all about quality control and, and, and it's just making sure that the beers are surviving that shelf life that they've been given. Every day is about quality control. We will taste our beers every day. We have um, a laboratory information system where every result gets put on a computer so I can see uh, the quality parameters of every single batch of beer and we, can, we monitor trends. You know, a brewer's job is to make sure that the batch-to-batch variations have been reduced. So we're always having to change our recipes because we're dealing with natural raw materials coming in. Um, and so every day is about quality. Yeah. Tuesday is just about old shelf yeah. life quality. And when we were walking around the brewery earlier, you were saying that the, that the beers, your, your, your brewers are trying those every four hours? From, from the FBs? Yeah, for monitoring the fermentations, we'll, the brewers take a sample every four hours, and that result of the gravity is how we control the fermentation mm. to give us the quality. Because obviously the yeast is doing the work in the fermentation, but the brewers need to control the rate that yeast operates at, and that's by controlling the temperature. And that only comes by measuring and then making choices. 
So yeah. it's not a, it's not a push button brewery here at Fuller's. We have got a, a fairly sophisticated automation system, but it requires the brewers to tell it what to do and what decisions mm-hmm. to make. So, so, so yeah, it does. You are still heavily reliant on that tradition of actual physical humans doing stuff yeah. to, to, to yeah. make the they have the, the skills the and the knowledge. The technology just helps them yeah. to achieve that quality and that consistency. Okay, well, I think we've probably come to the end of it there. And I, uh, even though we're not going to get disturbed in this room, and I, I could quite happily sit in here all day trying... All uh, those vintage ales. <laughs> especially all yeah. those samples that I've seen in the room next door, all of the vintage ales. Um, I would quite happily sit in here all day trying those with you, but I know that you've got to, to get back uh, to an actual job, um, mm-hmm. and you've got quite a big event tomorrow that you need to get, to get ready for. Um, we're really appreciative of, of you giving up your time. For us today, thank you very much. It's been very insightful. Uh, it's been great having a look around the the, the brewery as well. Um, yes, we've had to move around a little bit because of the tours, but as, as I say, that's 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 where you make your money from. Um, and if, if people are interested in, in those tours, again, uh, there's there's going to be a link in the show notes. People can just click on that, and uh, I take it it's book in advance on online. Uh, although they are very popular, I, I understand, yeah, but especially are. on the weekend ones. Yeah. Maybe a three, four month wait if, if you want to come and have, have, a, have a look around. Yeah. Um, George, thank you very much. Uh, I wish you all the best for, for the future here. Um, cheers. Cheers, thank you. Great to see you.